0: Oh, goodness sakes alive! I hope to shout that this song reflects the mood you're in today because, in all honesty, we are going to turn baseball inside out today. For a diuretic Doesn't necessarily mean You'll be suspended He was suspended Because the independent Program administrator Determined That he was using That diuretic To cover up His use of Another drug A performance Enhancing drug And that is what Is so baffling here On so many levels You're Robinson Cano You've got your contract You're looking pretty good Right now And yet He still did it And then he said I did not realize At the time I was using A banned substance That is correct. The mighty have fallen. So, what is Drag Bunt going to do today? Drag Bunt is not going to rehash what everybody else has already said. What we're going to do is we're going to talk about the things that nobody else is talking about. I thought you'd like that, but you know what? Let's keep the applause till the end so we don't go long. So let's lay some groundwork. Here's an excerpt from the Joint Drug Agreement. The presence of a diuretic or masking agent in a player's urine specimen. Specimen. No one likes that word. Shall result in the player being retested. The presence of a diuretic or masking agent in a player's urine specimen shall be treated as a positive test result if the IPA determines that the player intended to avoid detection of his use of another prohibited substance. So here are the key words masking agent retested avoid detection. Yeah, that's two words. And now the statement from Pinocchio. I mean I'm sorry, Robinson Cano. Recently I learned that I tested positive for a substance called fermosamide which is not a performance-enhancing substance. Formosamide is used to treat various medical, medical conditions in the United States and the Dominican Republic. While I did not realize at the time that I was given a medication that was banned, I obviously now wish I had been more careful. The substance was given to me by a licensed doctor in the Dominican Republic to treat a medical ailment. Keywords and phrases not a performance enhancing substance. Used to treat various medical conditions in the United States and the Dominican. I did not realize. Licensed doctor. There is so much deceit and so much lying in what Robinson Cano has put out since this whole thing broke. I don't even know where to start. To go through this thing point by point, is really hard for me because I get so wound up about some stuff that I just go off on it when really, I really need to focus on what is important about this. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to fairly quickly, fairly being the key word, fairly quickly just dismantle Robbie Cano's complete BS. So let's start. Number one, this is really what happened. Robinson Cano went to the Dominican Republic. And while he was there, he took steroids. And then to cover up the steroids, he took a diuretic. The diuretic was used in an amount that was so far above what would normally be given for any kind of a medical condition that it shows in the parts per million in your bloodstream that you are trying to deceive someone of taking steroids. That's the bottom line. There is no medical condition that this drug is given that requires a person to receive so much that... It tests for the parts per million in the blood system that he tested for. It is being used to deceive somebody because of the use of another substance, i.e. steroids. So, yes, he's correct. It is not a performance-enhancing drug. It's worse. It's worse. It shows an intent to deceive because you did take a steroid. It's even worse. It takes away the excuse we have heard from Dominican players for the last umpteen years that I didn't know what I was taking. I thought it was a vitamin shot. Some trainer in a gym told me I needed B12. So I bent over. He stuck me in the butt. How was I supposed to know I'm just a dumb Dominican? Uh, How am I supposed to know I'm just a ball player? I'm too stupid to know what's going on. This takes that excuse away. He intentionally took a drug to hide the use of another drug that is illegal. The drug was given by a quote-unquote licensed doctor in the Dominican as if somehow that makes it okay. A licensed doctor in the Dominican. Can someone please tell me what that is? What is that? What does it take to be a licensed doctor in the Dominican? What are you, a horse doctor? Apparently you are. Because if he's telling the truth, and I think he is, that a licensed doctor gave him this, this proves that licensed doctors in the Dominican are in cahoots with ballplayers trying to avoid detection. That's what that tells me. And that is another issue we're going to get into. And finally, he says he recently learned. Recently meaning right after he tested positive, at spring training that's how this works he came to spring training he was tested and he tested positive now because of the agreement with the union there is a system a system so that people don't get railroaded and like the statement says he was retested retested there is no chance no chance that The test was wrong. He was retested, and then it goes through the a process where he can appeal the findings and uh, attempt to justify what happened. And he chose not to appeal. Why? Because he'd lose. And he knows he'd lose. And in the process of losing. A lot of things would come out, a lot of things that Robbie Cano cannot afford to have come out. Things like, this wasn't his first rodeo. Okay? I'm going to tell you right now, Robbie Cano didn't jump on this train for the first time. This is not the first time he has done this. He's gotten away with it before. That's why he did it again. You cannot tell me that Robbie Cano all of a sudden decided at this stage in his career, after he already has the money, he has a $240 million contract. He's on his way to the Hall of Fame. His numbers say that he is in the top five of all second basemen in baseball history. He has nothing to prove. He needs no more money. So why would Robinson Cano do this for the first time? If someone came to him, one of these licensed doctors in the Dominican Republic and said, Hey, Robbie Cano, you know what? You're so good, but you know what? You could be even better. Here's what we'll do. And he says, well, I've already got all the money in the world and I'm already a really good player. So what are the chances I'm going to get caught? Oh, probably a 1% chance. Robbie Cano says no, right? What? Why would he do it? If there's even a 1% chance that he would get caught, he's never done it before, he has all the money in the world, and he has all the talent in the world to keep him in the top five in all-time second baseman and headed to the Hall of Fame, why would he do it? For the first time. That's right. This is not the first time. This is the first time Robbie Cano has been caught. And I don't say that with any kind of glee. I really enjoy watching Robbie Cano play baseball. He has one of the silkiest swings anyone has ever seen. People have been saying that for decades. It's a work of art to watch him pull a home run into right field. It is. And his defense is absolutely spectacular. It's like the game is too easy for him. It is. He flows out there like few players flow. It's remarkable. The aesthetics of watching Robinson Cano play I mean, it really is just absolutely fantastic. So I don't find any joy in saying that this fantastic play has come with a price. He's been cheating for years. Yeah. I'm I'm not happy about it, and I wasn't looking for something to say bad about somebody. I wish it hadn't happened. And you know what? Everybody that has reported on this so far, has said the exact same thing. Nobody wants to talk about this because a guy like him, a guy who is loved, this guy is loved by people. It's not like Barry Bonds or Roger Clemens. Those guys can't buy friends. They couldn't buy friends when they were playing. But Robbie Cano, everybody loves this guy. He's He's got great demeanor. He, he's... he's uh, He's just a pleasant person. Seems to be very humble. There's nothing not to like about Robbie Cano as a person. And that's why this, the kind of thing, nobody's happy about this. I'm not happy about this. But just because I'm not happy about it, I'm not going to sweep under the rug to what degree Robinson Cano went to to do this, to to keep whatever he's got, or to continue to be Robinson Cano. I I think that's the important thing, to look at this and go, wow, this is a long line of deceit. So we've got to stop this. I'm going to give you some numbers and talk about PEDs in the game. I think a lot of people are under the impression that the game has been cleaned up since the steroid era. Since, you know, this joint agreement with the union on testing and all of the punishments that have been dished out. I'm going to tell you some numbers on people that have been caught cheating. The people that, I want to say again, have been caught. I think you're going to find it Yeah, enlightening, to say the least. Depressing, to say the most. We have caught in the major leagues and the minor leagues more people than you can even imagine. And I want to say again, those are the people we caught. And this whole thing with Robbie Cano proves to me that we're not catching them all. In fact... This proves to me that we're not catching very many. That if a guy like Robbie Cano does what he did, he fully expected to get away with it. Because he has fully gotten away with it for years. Which tells me that lots and lots of players, most of them that visit the Dominican Republic, have taken this path. The first time I ever remember hearing steroids and the Dominican Republic associated with each other was in an interview that A-Rod did years ago. That was that sit-down interview. I think it was with Katie Couric. My memory is correct. It might have been with Barbara Walters. I can't remember, but it was that interview he did where he admitted that was the first time he admitted uh, using steroids. And he said that when he went back to the Dominican in the winters, that's when he first used steroids. That's when he was with the Texas Rangers. He admitted using them when he was with the Rangers before he went to the Yankees. That's the first time I ever heard a real association with steroids and with the Dominican. Now, I found it particularly interesting because although A-Rod comes from Dominican parents, he was born in the United States. So, he, sure, I'm sure he has family in the Dominican, but if you've ever heard him talk, you know, He talks about as, you know, about as American as I do, basically. Um, I'm sure he speaks the language. But I found it interesting that he traveled to the Dominican. And I'm not going to say he went specifically to get the needle in his butt. But it was probably a big reason why he did go. So as far as I can see... The Dominican has a long history of baseball players having access to steroids. While the United States had a fairly clamped down on getting steroids, you definitely could not go to a licensed physician and receive, you know, Duranaball or, uh, you know, any of the other drugs that were used in the 70s and 80s after the uh, baseball joint drug agreement thing was signed. You couldn't do that anymore in the United States. No way, no how. But apparently, the Dominican, even back then, was a pretty pervasive use. I think that's important to remember because the Dominican Republic is the place that a lot of players go to play winter ball, quote unquote, winter ball. The Dominican is, in fact, between it, I'd say Venezuela, um, you know, a little bit of Mexico, major league ball players, ones already in the major leagues that want to play winter league ball, uh, the teams either ask them to play or they go and play themselves to tune up on their skills. That's the reason we're told they're tune up on their skills. And I, and I do believe that's true. The vast majority want to tune up on their skills. Uh, it's not like, the, you know, 162 games, plus all the other stuff that goes with being a major league season. Uh, you know, Hey, it's wearing, that's a lot of wear and tear on a body. I don't think they're just looking to go play more ball. I think there's a reason behind it, but I also think that the reason that the Dominican, winter league is so much bigger than any other country is because of this because steroids and apparently drugs used to mask the use of steroids and people's um, oh like either and if they are doctors doctors and their knowledge of how to mask their, um, let's say their expertise, let's call it that, let's call it that, their expertise on how to do this so that players can then come back to the U.S. and test negative. I think the Dominican has some sort of... Um, some sort of advantage over those other countries because of their long history in using the drug. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to end my little, um, I'm going to call it explanation, of Robbie Cano's particular situation with a little legal ease, I believe they call it. I believe that... Robbie Cano, with how he handled, mishandled this situation after it came out. He went from being, and I know this is all legal jargon and people don't like to get in legal jargon when it comes to baseball podcasts. But he went from what I would have called cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater. I believe that's what he was when he got caught. And that's where he could have stayed legally under that title. But because of the statement that he gave and actually the drug that he took. I believe he goes into another legal category, a worse legal category of which there aren't very many baseball players that have actually been placed in this category and it's not good, but he is. So for the time being, probably for the rest of his career, legally, I believe that he belongs into the, Liar, Liar, Pants on Fire category. Bartolo Colon. Mike Morris. Mike Cameron. J.C. Romero. Manny Ramirez. Marlon Byrd. Melky Cabrera, Yasmani Grandal, Nelson Cruz, Ryan Braun, Francisco Cervelli, A Rod, D Gordon, Starlin Marte, Jesus Montero, Alex Colomay. Well, what's that a list of? Major League Baseball players. Major League Baseball players that have been popped for taking steroids. I bet there's some names on that list that you had forgotten, you were unaware, had been popped. Huh? I know. Some of them on there, you You wouldn't necessarily believe. Like, for example, Bartolo Cologne. It wasn't that many years ago. It was a handful of years ago. He got popped for testosterone. I mean, really? Uh, doesn't look like it. That's not the uh, way it looks like we're determining who's on steroids and who's not is how they look, apparently. In fact, since the 2004 banned substance agreement was signed, 65 major leaguers have been popped, 63 minor leaguers, over 120 players, have been uh, determined to have used one sort or another of performance-enhancing substance. I listed off those names so that you would remember or for the first time know that some players that we don't necessarily associate steroid use have been popped. Let's take, for example, Bartolo Cologne. Now, let's be serious, people. This guy does not look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. He was popped for testosterone, what, like three years ago? Very recently. And he fast. So I think we have to get it out of our heads that at this point in baseball, we cannot presume guilt or innocence by what a player looks like physically. This is no longer drugs used So that they can look like Jose Canseco. Back in those days, it was visually apparent a lot of times, a lot of times. But now we have, you know, Ryan Braun. Now we have Yasmani Grandal. A lot of Dodger fans don't know that he was popped for testosterone. Cameron Mabum, D. Gordon for crying out loud. You know what's the guy weigh? A buck fifty. That's right. Steroids and performance-enhancing drugs in general are no longer a drug that we can necessarily from the outside look and say, oh, yeah, obviously, he's on drugs. In 2004, the initial agreement that was signed by uh, Major League, um, uh, the union and uh, ownership, This is what the uh, punishments were. It's, It's almost funny. The first positive test would get you 10 days suspension. Yeah, a whopping 10 days. Second test, 30. Third test, 60. And then finally, if you tested four times positive, you got a year. 2008, they bumped it. The first test would give you 50 days. And the second test would give you a year. And a third test... You're out for life. 2014 is the last time it was updated. Um, the first pop will give you 80 days. The second will give you 162 out for a year. 162 games. I'm sorry. Those are games I was quoting. 162 games. And a third pop will get you a lifetime suspension. And you know what? I don't know if a lot of people know this. Do you know we do have players that are suspended for life? We do. Um Pitcher for the Mets got popped three times. uh, Jeremy Mejia, M-E-J-I-A. He was the last one. There are a couple of others, but he was the last one. So uh, that gives you an idea of where this has gone. And that's the route that Major League Baseball and the Players Union have gone as far as enforcement. They have believed that increasing the... um, The number of games, thus, the money you lose uh, will be enough of a disincentive for players to abstain. And to a degree, this has worked. The good of the system at this point is that the testing has shown us that there is no favoritism. We have some of the biggest names in baseball that have been popped more than once. So we know that when they say random, they don't just mean that it's random in when it's going to happen, but the randomness also is in the outcomes, that no one is above the law. And that's what has gone well for testing. What has not gone well is that. Guys are still using it. Guys are still using performance-enhancing drugs. That tells us something. And I think that's what hasn't been discussed. We they we get wrapped up in the money. And we get wrapped up in who these guys are. You know, the name. And are they going to the Hall of Fame? All those things are important. And I get into that as well. And I really have to pull myself back. And I have to... Take Take a step back and talk about more than, well, you know, this affected other people, and what about the 09 World Series with the Yankees? It's apparent that now we know that A-Rod and Melky Cabrera and Cano and Andy Pettit were all on steroids at the time, and da 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 is it records valid? Are the World Series valid? All this stuff. Believe me, I could do a whole a podcast on that and get all wrapped up in it and rant and rave because there are a few things I do better than rant and rave. I could do that, but after thinking about this for a couple of days and listening to everybody else talk about it um, players that are in the game, players that are out of the game, a lot of statements I agree with, a lot that I don't agree with, things like that I've decided and, and kind of come to a realization. That one more thing needs to be done. Um, we have taken on, like I said before, the money, and we've done this stuff on the, on the player side of it. But I think we have to come to the realization that what we're dealing with is we're really talking about chemistry. We're talking about the fact that there's where there is money and fame. There's always going to be people that are trying to skirt around the legitimate way to achieve those things. So just being focused on developing chemistry that is a step ahead when we know cheaters will always be the ones doing the most research. There will always be, you know, some chemist, some doctor, some somebody, more than likely in South America, it seems, that will always be a half a step ahead of us. And and I contend that with the numbers we're looking at and who's getting popped, they're more than a step ahead. I, I am absolutely sure that Robinson Cano has been doing this for a while. I'm sure. Well, I mean, look. I mean, you look at all the A. roth stuff. There I go. See, I'm going to go right down the hole again. I'm going to go right down the hole again. I'm not going to do it. So, I've got something that nobody else has talked about. Right now, the emphasis has been on um, punishing the players. Okay, we're going to punish the players, and really, the the one group that doesn't have a whole lot of skin in the game as far as these guys getting popped are the teams yeah the teams now you're going to say sure they do the the mariners just lost Robbie Cano they're starting guy i mean they, i mean that's a huge loss and when uh, When the Brewers lost, you know, um, Ryan Braun, that was a huge loss. Okay, maybe, maybe, sure. But they don't have to pay the salary. It frees up the money. So if a big-time player with a big-time contract like Robbie Cano goes down, they don't have to pay him. Ownership can turn around, take that money, and go find somebody else And I'm not pretending that's easy. And I'm not pretending finding... You're not going to find somebody of that caliber. And the fact that you're going to be finding them for a short amount of time, I'm not pretending that's easy. Okay, but I am saying it takes them off the hook, sometimes from contracts that they're underwater in anyway. That's happened before too. But back to my point, I believe there is additional things that can be done that will make teams put more skin in the game as far as signing guys to contracts doing their due diligence maybe to a degree that they're not doing now and and that's that is on the side of these guys with these big contracts, like Cano and you know A. Rod had, and some of these guys. But also, also, my idea will also maybe make them um, re make them analyze these young players that they're signing. They will, I think, um, be forced. To adjust their contracts in a way that protects them more if these things happen. So, what's my idea? What am I rambling on about? I think that the teams need to be subject to additional penalties. If a minor league player is popped, I believe that. We need to have a system where when they do come back, that they have to go back to a lower level in the farm system than they were at when they tested positive. So, double-A pitcher gets popped. Most of these guys, you're going to see that a, a, a big majority of these guys... Um, come back and test positive, And we have a lot of these suspensions early in the year. Like I said before, I don't think it's coincidence. I think these guys go to wherever around the world and they take drugs and they come back and they get, they get popped. They get uh, so many times it's, it's tests that are taken during spring training. So that's where I think this really, really works well, but I think it works well no matter what a guy comes back. Um, what I say? Hit double a pitcher. He tests positive. He's going to get how many ever days? Let's say it's his first offense and he's going to get the 80 games. He's going to serve the 80 games. He's not going to get any of his money. He's not going to get anything. But when he comes back, he's going to go to single A. And he cannot leave that level for the rest of that year. So what does that do? Well, I tell you what, it does a lot. When roster expansion happens in August, he can't go. He was a Triple-A pitcher. There's a real good chance that he would have been a call-up. If he was a Triple-A pitcher, there's a really really good chance. If he's having a pretty good year, he would have got the call-up. Minor league players are no would no longer be allowed to be called up for roster expansion. Minor league players would be demoted to a level one less than they were at when they got popped. And be forced to stay there for the rest of that year. If a player gets popped, so let's say after say after the All-Star break, or let's say it's in August where there's not a lot of the year left. Then after a certain date, it goes forward to the next baseball calendar year. And the entire next year, let's say they get popped in late August. Well, it's almost over, right? Well, fine. Next year, you're going to a a lower level. If you were in AAA, you're going back to double and you're staying there all that year. And you're not available for call-up. I think that will, uh, that's like the next step for me because I believe ownership will then have to take the next step they take in analyzing their signings. They'll do more due diligence as far as the character of the individual, and I, and I I get it. I know it's going to be hard. You know, I, I know that there is no, this is not a foolproof deal, but none of it is, obviously. Obviously, okay? But I believe that then teams will then institute things in their contracts with these minor league players, with these international signings, that blatantly tell that player, "Hey, uh, Venezuelan kid, you're uh, you're 18 years old, and and uh, here's your money. We know this kind of sets you up for life. So you know what? We're the ones taking the big risk. You're taking zero risk right now. Your million dollar signing, your six hundred thousand dollar signing bonus, if you're not a moron, is basically took care of your family for a couple generations." Okay, so we're taking all the risk. Now we're going to put this in your contract. Um, And I don't know what those things are going to be. You know, I I sit here and talk about them. You know, you can't go back and take the money away from them. But you can do things to them that, you know, you can you can say, hey, if you get popped, uh, we're going to we're going to additionally, you know, not. Uh, call you uh, I don't know I, I I don't have an answer for that because I I don't know what's what's legal to put in the contracts and I think I think this is going to get the unions are going to have a big fit about this and you know because they control so much of what the ownership can and can't do as far as incentives as far as all these kinds of things as far as uh as far as uh you know penalties so much of it has already been decided you know as far as far as the uh, the players agreement that we have going so it's going to be something that when the next agreement comes around but i really believe that that's the natural evolution of this that we have gone after it in this direction okay we've gone after it in the you know the money the suspensions uh, these things that happen over here, right um, but we haven't gone after it in this other direction, which is hey, ownership now you're yeah, you're gonna you're gonna lose your player, uh, but you weren't having to pay the guy, and a lot of times, depending on the team. You don't even go out and sign somebody. You save all that money if this is a backwards contract. But what we're going to do is, we're going to, um, we're going to, if it's a minor leaguer, we're going to stunt his advancement. We're going to make sure that you don't just get off the hook with a player, especially if it's a minor leaguer you're gonna you're going to receive an additional penalty for potential usage of this player when he comes back, therefore, I think it's gonna make the teams put by putting quote unquote skin in this game for them to go down their road of Hey, these are the things we can do, you know, Hey, we're going to go to spring training every year, or we're going to go down to winter ball on our, you know, those are their facilities. And a lot of, you know, they're going to go down to Dodger town or wherever their facilities are at. And they're going to tell these guys, they're going to say, Hey, listen, you guys don't be sticking needles in your butt. Don't be having your cousin Josue Tell you that it's just B12 and taking the shot. Because you're going to lose. We're going to lose you, and we're not going to call you up. It is going to be a, 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 uh, a career-altering situation. So they're going to go down there, and they're going to pound and pound and pound and pound on their guys and take, take steps they're not taking now. Take steps are not taking now. That's what it comes down to. They're the ones I think that can – that's the road that we can go down right now because they're the ones that I, I think have the ability to make some changes that will in turn tune this thing up. Like I said, tune this thing up to the next level. Hey, I I do appreciate your enthusiasm, but once again, let's hold the applause till the end so I can get through this. So I want to address one more thing on one more side of baseball as far as this steroid use and where we're at today. How many good baseball analysts do we have that are former players? How many do we have that can be on TV and give us the player's perspective on what's taking place on the field? I contend we have a lot. I watch enough baseball on TV. I watch enough shows about baseball. I listen to enough shows about baseball to tell you that if we're looking for a player's perspective on the game, breaking down things as they happen, giving us the insight, things that a non-player wouldn't know. I'm going to tell you, we have a whole bunch of them. Um, I don't even need to get into the names. Uh, We have Hall of Famers. We have soon-to-be Hall of Famers. We have all kinds. We have all different ages. We have the Mark DeRoses of uh, just out of baseball to the Jim Cotts that played 40 years ago. We have a bevy of players that do really well on camera and can be used as far as giving us this, I guess, so needed information. So now that I've established that, I have an additional question. Why, oh, why is Alex Rodriguez on ESPN Sunday Night Baseball? Why? Is it because he's just oh-so-handsome? Yeah, he's a good-looking dude. Um, Is it because only he can bring the knowledge of a great batter? No. Is it because he's dating J-Lo or Beyoncé or... Uh, Mariah Carey or I, whoever this, whoever it is, is it because he's dating someone in pop culture is what is it about Alex Rodriguez that we need so badly on ESPN Sunday night game of the week? What is it? I contend it's not good for the game. I contend it's not good for baseball's standing amongst other sports that are on TV. Because Alex Rodriguez is in that file that Cano is in, the file that's liar, liar, pants on fire. In fact, he's in there three times, he cheated three times. And he's another guy who went to extreme lengths to deceive baseball. A couple of years ago, it was lawsuits, and it was him slamming Yankee ownership, and him threatening this, and him threatening that. The man was given the longest suspension ever handed out, 211 games. I I just, I'm kind of baffled by this. I'm just baffled that it is so necessary that A-Rod is just this figure we can't do without when there are so many other really good former players that can give us this information without the cloud that A-Rod has as a big, fat, cheating liar. I just don't get it. And and he's got an, another ESPN special coming out. I think he's going to have a show. I, that's all fine. He can He can have another show. He can do whatever he needs to do. He can have a reality show with him and the girlfriend and their kids and all this other nonsense. Because I won't watch that because it's not a baseball game. But... If I'm going to watch the Sunday night show, the Sunday night game that I think is probably the highest um, watched um, ESPN game of the week, it's got to be. It's like an event. It is an event. With Matt Vaskirgen, who I think does a pretty good job. Uh, And... But but you're going to have this guy? Ah, come on, ESPN. The downside with A-Rod is so big. The upside with A-Rod is not that big. And that upside you can get with anybody else. Anybody else. You've got guys under contract. Mark Teixeira. There you go. How about Mark Teixeira? He's kind of getting his feet wet in broadcasting. You had him do a little bit last night. He was pretty good. He'll get better. Does he have those beautiful blue eyes that A-Rod has? I think those are his natural colored eyes. I don't know. The guy's probably wearing contacts. Does he look really, really good in a suit? Like A-Rod, does he wear a big fancy watch? I don't know. It seems to me that ESPN has bought into all these aesthetics of A-Rod and forgotten that at the core, this guy is is bad. He's bad news. It, doesn't Disney own you guys? I'm not saying that you've got to have Snow White on there. I, I get it. I get it that there's there's uh, issues with a lot of people that have been in sports that there's off-field issues here and there, and you know there's this and that and the other. But I mean, hey Rod, I th- this guy. I, I mean, you picked the worst of the worst. You picked a guy who is. Without a doubt, a serial liar. There's no doubt about it. it. You can't even argue it. So that's what he is. He's a serial liar. He's a serial deceiver. And worst of all, it pertains to the game. He altered the games that you're having him broadcast. He's he was horrible for the game. And yet you're you're having him do this? I don't, I don't I don't get it. As you can tell, I'm a, I'm almost I'm almost out of breath on the whole deal. Um okay, maybe another spin class, I'll be fine. But as you can tell, I'm so adamant about this because I think it's so obvious. I think that's when we get worked up about stuff, right? I think that's what we do. We get worked up about things that we think are so obvious. And this ESPN is so obvious. Get this guy out of the booth. Go get Jim Tomey. Go get Mark DeRosa. Go get, you know, Teixeira. Go get somebody else, I promise you, it'll be as good. I promise you that. Consider the fact that he doesn't represent what ESPN wants to stand for. Just consider that fact in itself. Okay? I think that is enough for you to make your decision. Okay? I'm going to leave it at that, put him back in the liar, liar, pants on fire file, and call it good. (music) Ladies and gentlemen, friends and family, this concludes Episode 9. I'm your host, Bob Dickey. This has been Drag Bunt. And remember, if you're going to Drag Bunt, do it natural. Don't take heroids.